for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome everyone to Another Living Life. I hope everyone had an amazing and blessed Christmas. Uh, for the last month or so, we've been putting all our energy, all our focus, and rightly so, on the birth of Jesus. And now is actually the perfect time uh, to be able to start a brand new book. I know the birth of Jesus coupled with Easter are two of the greatest moments in the history, in our history. Uh, however, those aren't the only two moments in our history. His story keeps going on, his continues, and he continues through each and every one of us. And now it's even more important for us to be able to continue to share in that joy, share in that love, share in the mercy that we know comes in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and that's why Second Peter is such a perfect book. Because Second Peter uh, is an embodiment of that spirit, that urgency that we have in being able to live out and be able to spread out that gospel message. Uh, so as we continue to hold on to that Christmas spirit. Uh, let's take a look at Peter's message for us today. Second Peter chapter 1 verses 1 through 11. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. One of the major misconceptions that we have regarding our faith is that it belongs totally to me. Uh, because it is my faith, I should have total control over it. That is based on my goodness, that I deserve it somehow, and that I can control it like something that I own in my own life. Uh, but only when we are able to abandon this notion, then and only then can we actually live out the faith that Christ has called us to live. In today's passage, we read in verse 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything that we need for godly life 
through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. It means that the foundation of our faith has nothing to do with us. There's nothing to do with me, nothing to do with you. And that is actually a good thing. You know, we should, uh, that should be a source of comfort for all of us. Uh, that even though it is my faith, that it is my calling, it could only come alive when I'm able to surrender that part of myself, when I'm able to surrender all of myself. And it's only through Christ Jesus that we are totally set free. And it's only through Christ Jesus and his divine power, as Peter talks about in today's passage, uh, that we are able to have everything that we need to be able to live a truly godly life. You know, I meet a lot of young married couples in our church. Uh, and they often tell me when they first get married, and that's true actually in my life as well, they get into a lot of fights, uh, a lot of these petty small fights, and there are a lot of silly fights. Uh, I actually read about one couple online, an online article. Uh, the husband, he was dripping too much water getting out of the shower, and they ended up having a huge argument. And at the end of the argument, the husband started yelling, I will drip wherever I want to drip. <laughs> and that was kind of the end of the argument. Uh, another couple, right, they told me uh, in my church that they fight over the question, uh, what do you want to eat tonight? Uh, one person always asks that to the other person, and they get into an argument. What do you want? What do you want to eat? What do you want? How come you never tell me what you want to eat? And it goes back and forth, and they end up having a huge argument because of that. Uh, other people have told me that they fought over the toothpaste, right? Uh, if you squeeze from the bottom or if you squeeze from the top. Uh, another couple, they told me they fought over the type of toilet paper that they're supposed to use in this house. And it goes on and on and on. There are plenty of examples of these silly fights. Uh, but if you actually look at the crux of these fights, uh, the heart, the real reason behind these fights, these useless uh, petty fights, uh, you understand there's actually nothing to do with those things. It's not really about what you're going to eat. It's not about the toothpaste. It's not about the toilet paper. It's not about the water dripping. It's about none of those things. It's actually a matter of control. Because one of the most difficult things that we have to do, that we can do, is to relinquish this control. Even a small bit of it, or even the illusion of losing control, uh, is very difficult for every one of us. And that is why when Christ calls us to faith, He's actually asking us to let go of that control in our lives. He's saying, let go. You don't have that control anyway, so just let go. And that is why it's so scary, and that is why it's so difficult and so daunting for us. Uh, but Christ also says that once you let go of that control, that I'm going to give you something else. That this calling, this faith, whatever you want to call it, it also comes with a promise a great and precious promise that only God could give. That one who tells us that he, who actually has all the control, says that he will give us everything that we need. Everything that we need. All we need to do is to let go of the small amount of control that we think we have. That his grace is sufficient. And knowing that, we need to be able to let go of our pride, let go of our ego, and just be able to surrender all that we have to him. And then and only then does that faith really come alive in each and every one of us. And as we continue to read in today's passage, it says that after you relinquish this control, after you receive this gift of faith, after you receive everything that God is giving you, now comes the fun part. Now comes the exciting part, the ability to be able to live out that faith. Uh, Peter tells us in today's passage, he says, make every effort, Every effort, you know, it's not a hyperbole. He's not exaggerating this for effect. He actually means make every effort. 
Uh, this is one of Peter's favorite phrases that he uses in his letters. He says, make every effort to be good, uh, to be spiritually spotless, to be blameless, to be loving, and make every effort to be able to be a blessing unto others. It means that living out our faith and spiritual growth uh, is not a matter that Christians can take lightly. You know, we can't just confess our faith and then rest on our laurels, just being happy that we have this faith. But instead, we need to make every effort each day to be able to live this holy life. And that is an imperative that Peter gives to each and every one of us. And Peter shows us through today's passage, he talks about uh, eight Christian virtues that we must all possess, uh, kind of like the building blocks of our faith. He speaks about these eight Christian virtues. It's faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. You know, I love the progression here that Peter talks about. Uh, but I think it's a mistake for us if we read it in a way that we must follow these in order. Like, you can't have one without first having the other. I don't think that's the case, and that's not what Peter is actually trying to tell us. Uh, it would actually be pretty funny if a Christian said, you know what? I can't show mutual affection yet. I'm only up to goodness. I'm only up to step two. I can't go to step seven yet, right? Uh, that'd be actually pretty funny. That's not what Peter is trying to tell us. He's saying that all of these virtues are important. All of them need to be increased all the time. That we need to take every effort to increase each of these, whether it's faith, goodness, knowledge, uh, godliness, uh, mutual affection, whatever it is, so forth, right? That all of these need to be increased every moment that we're living out our faith. That's how important all of them are in the life of a Christian. Uh, but I do love the fact that this list does begin in faith and ends in love. Uh, because to show faith, to be able to live out faith, to witness faith, uh, I believe there's perhaps no better way to do so than to show love. Uh, to take the love that Christ has given us and then be able to share that love with others as well. Uh, so today, as we start this new journey into the second letter of Peter, and even though Christmas is behind us, uh, let us remember and hold on to that love that Christ has shown us. And remember that all good things, all good things come from him, and he prepares everything that we need to be able to live out this godly life and be able to make every effort, each and every moment of our lives, uh, to be able to live out this gift of faith each day. Paul ends today's passage by repeating, repeating the phrase, make every effort. Uh, but instead, this time he says, make every effort to confirm your calling and your election. You know, although there's a lot of uh, theological points that we could parse throughout this passage, and we could spend a lot of time just going deeper into this one uh, passage, uh, simply put, this is what Paul is trying to tell us. He's saying that what this means for us today is that we must always remember that it is Christ who has called us. It is Christ that leads us to faith. It is Christ who has poured out his love and his grace upon us. And we are chosen by that grace and only by that grace. Therefore, we must make every effort in every aspect of our lives to be able to respond appropriately to this very precious gift. And if we do so, he tells us that we will never stumble. So as we remember this, let us all come together and pray. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you so much uh, for giving us this amazing gift of faith. And 
Lord, as we remember uh, this amazing season that just came to pass, uh, let us remember that love that you have shown us. Remember that grace and that mercy that is poured upon us each and every day. And remember, Lord, uh, that what you require for us is for our surrender. Help us, Lord, if we haven't done so before, to be able to surrender ourselves, uh, to humble ourselves, and be able to let go of all the things that we think is actually important, that we let go of the control that we think we have, and instead, Lord, just be able to follow you and your spirit, uh, knowing that if we do so, then and only then, we could live a truly godly life. Lord, I pray that you be with all our brothers and sisters today as we meditate on this word and just be able to convict us of our hearts and convict us to true uh, everlasting change. Uh, Lord, we thank you and we love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer. 